everybody, and thank you so much for coming to the Intuitive Art Show. Today we have someone super special for you. Her name is Sumaya, and she's really devoted her life to experiencing and teaching and learning about the spiritual journey that we're all on. She's incredible. She's, I don't know, if I could even name everything that she's done, I would highly recommend you go to her webpage and, and really check her out. And we'll give you all that information at the end of this session today. But really what I love about her is her absolute breadth of knowledge and heart on helping us live a better life and be more purposeful and the practical way that she delivers it. It's, um, she's really a true master bridge. So I would love to share her with you for this hour and then definitely uh, send you off on her way. She's got a lot of free information on her website and also um, programs that you can work with her on. So without further ado, she is going to do the drawing today. So she took the intuitive art class at intuitiveartacademy.com and did a drawing about her work, right? That was our topic for today. So why don't you show us your drawing and, and tell us what you came up with? Okay. This was so much fun to do, and I was so surprised at how it came out. So let's see. Is this high enough for you to see? It is, yeah. If you pull it back a little bit, we'll be able yeah. to see more. Okay. And also the drawing is on the show notes page, so people can see the whole thing there. Okay. All right. Yeah, if you hold it up a little bit more. There okay. we go. Okay, good. All right. Perfect. So, yeah, at first I, I did the process of identifying what each color meant to me personally. And it is so perfect because it's I I asked to I'm not even sure what the question was that I asked about, but I wanted to know um, just to get a deeper insight on what the next step was in my work that I do. So it, what came out was that the purple on one side is divine love for me. It's a color of mastery and divine love. And the red uh, is a color of action for me and in emotional intensity and action. So my work is bounded on both sides by these two things, which seemed very fitting, actually. And then in the middle, all around it, is, are these blue spirals. I didn't realize I was really drawing spirals, but um, they are spirals. <laughs> and blue for me is a color of higher consciousness, magic, and mystery. Um, it's just blue is, I'm wearing blue. It's one of my, my backdrop is blue. I'm kind of a blue gal. <laughs> and, and then green is in the middle, which is for me, living things, life, growth, life energy, uh, the power of just after the, you know, in the spring when all the grasses and flowers come, that's an ascension quality, actually. Ascension is something that happens on the earth in, uh, at the springtime and really all throughout the year, depending on where you live. And so there it was. And then I have little spots of blue inside the green. So what I, what I realized is that I am mixing 
mystery with life and growth and my values that are my boundaries are taking action in divine love. That's how I interpreted that. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, that's so fitting for you. And I don't know you that well, but I've had a couple interactions with you and that just feels so perfect. And your background as well, like you, the action really stood out to me because, you know, I know a lot of really spiritual people, but not all of them have put it into action into the world as much as you, like you've traveled to India, you've, um, you've been in the academic world and been an administrator and you've had your own, you know, speaking gigs and like you've, you've done a lot with it. So that would really make sense. Yes. And it's the red was on the right side, which for me was like the arrow, you know, (laughs) going forward. Uh, is and I had no idea what colors I was picking. I was totally, you know, had my eyes shut. So I thought this was a pretty cosmic thing, and I'm really glad that I learned this from you. So I'm going to try it again. I'll do some more with it. Awesome, <laughs> very cool. So yeah. thanks for sharing that with us. Um, you know, the first thing I kind of want to start off with is this idea of soul deep confidence that you have, mm-hmm. and. I think a lot of people right now are feeling a little shaken and um, the idea that there's a confidence level we can achieve that is unshakable because it goes beyond whatever's happening on this dimension. Um, Can you speak about that and how you Mm -hmm. discovered it and how you teach it to people? Yes. I've studied a lot of different spiritual traditions and over a period of, well, 50 years, actually, (laughs) I earned a lot of these white hairs quite legitimately, (laughs) Uh, getting lost in the Himalayas, trying to find the Dalai Lama, (laughs) you know, crazy things, getting really sick in India and practically having to come home in an ambulance. (laughs) And um, so... But one of the things I've found in different spiritual traditions is that they all sort of agree on one point in that we have a deep source within us. And we don't always know that it's there. We don't always believe that we have it because there's this part of ourselves that's the personality and the ego. And that's really who we think we are in many cases. And I've fallen for that again and again and again. (laughs) Even though I'm no better, uh, it's a very compelling uh, reality for us. It's really a composite of everything that's ever happened, the good and the bad and the ugly. And what we believe about that and what we think about ourselves. And for many people, that's reality. And But it's only one layer of reality. There's something so much deeper that we can tap into. It's like sinking your roots down deep into the muck and the mud of uh, just to become rooted. But then below, above that is this beautiful flower, and that's our consciousness. That's our divine connection. That's who we really are. And sometimes I feel like I have this crazy dialogue with my own divine connection and because I'm saying well why are you sending me all this crap to deal with you know (laughs) and the answer usually is uh 
something along the line of it being a learning experience. And then I end up getting kind of ticked off about that. So (laughs) (laughs) don't we all? (laughs) So, but what I have found the real roots of confidence are in connecting to the deeper place within the, that soul deep place. It's like not staying on the surface with the yakety yak mind of, I think this, I think that, but really going deeper inside, taking time to know that deeper place and the truths that you learn in that deeper place are far more sustainable. They really can get you through the hard stuff because you realize even though everything's going wrong, there's nothing wrong with you, essentially, you know, that the wrongness is just what's happening. And we don't need to draw any negative conclusions that we as divine beings are having a human experience. And this is what it looks like. (laughs) So... To You know, it's like planting. If you've ever done any gardening or planted a house plant, you know, they have to have their roots in the soil. And so do we. In that place, I think of it as the soul or just the deeper place. Mm-hmm. That's where our confidence comes from. It's not the pumped up confidence that you do when you have to like, you know, I've got to give a talk and I'm going to pump myself up to do this. Well, that doesn't work because it can get punctured very easily. Mm-hmm. And the real confidence comes from knowing deeply who you really are, which is this magnificent, beautiful, cosmic being that is not full of mistakes or mishaps or, you know, negative qualities. And when you know you've got that, then you've got the confidence that's going to see you through anything. (laughs) And sometimes you have to really dig deep to get to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the other stuff is very compelling and it'll do its best to suck you in. Mm -hmm. The image I get is like one of those big, tall palm trees it looks really fragile because there aren't really a lot of branches or anything, but you know, it sways. It just it doesn't fall over because it's right. It's rooted there. Right. It's like, uh, I learned that bamboo takes about six years to have a root system big enough to support it. So you plant bamboo and you don't see anything coming up and you think, Oh, it's not happening. <laughs> and then almost overnight it shoots up because then it has the root system deep enough and vast enough to support the tall growth that a bamboo plant can have, you know, and Mm. I think it's such a great metaphor. That is a great metaphor because there's also that, you know, the hockey stick curve or the J Mm. curve of success. It's like, you, you know, it's straight, it's straight. And then it shoots up. And a lot of people, we have to put in the time and the effort in our businesses and then like in order to see those results. So that's perfect. True. It's really true. (laughs) Yeah, and I know you do a lot of work with entrepreneurs and speakers and leaders and helping them develop this confidence so they can go speak on stage and be whole and really present their whole energy to whatever it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, you know, a lot of the people listening here understand themselves to be divine messengers, like who you talk to, Mm -hmm. really, really are interested in the idea of leadership, but leadership is kind of the next step for them. They haven't really gotten there. Mm-hmm. So how can they develop divine, uh, yeah, divine confidence? 
mm. confidence so <laughs> see themselves as capable of, of doing that leadership work? Well, it's actually very much based on what we were talking about is doing that spade work where it looks like nothing's happening for a while. Mm. Um, and, and then really trusting. And I, I have a whole new set now of uh, spiritual tools that I teach people that are different. It's not yet on my website. I'm creating a whole new program. And uh, the program is related to my free gift, which we can talk about at some point. But in this system, it's really leadership. People think that um, <laughs> they have to be something more than they really are. <laughs> and the real thing is people love you when you're just yourself. You know, they, they love a leader who is at ease and comfortable with who they are. And I find that if I'm just myself and I might make a mistake on stage and laugh about it, that's the favorite part of the talk, people. <laughs> Tell me later, you know. So um, being a leader is not about perfectionism. And I think one of the things that people get caught in is they think if they're going to be a leader, they have to be perfect. And guess what? That's not going to happen. The more perfect you try to be, the more you're going to mess up because um, <laughs> I think perfection is, is a divine quality. And when we reach that state of being totally divine, we might exude perfection. But for most of us, we're not there. And we're, we're, on, we're here in the earth school. <laughs> And the earth school is full of challenges and surprises and mishaps and good things, too. So I think being a leader, it's so important to do the soul deep work, to find out who you really are at a deep level and to go with that and not to worry about making mistakes, um, not to worry about will they like me? Will they reject me? Because I'll tell you, yes, yeah, some people will. And guess what? They're not your people. <laughs> um, your people are the ones who want what you have and who you are. That's who your people are. And to the extent that you can be that, that's who you're going to draw. And the ones who don't like you will find someone else. So it's a great, uh, what do they call that? It's a separating the wheat from the shaft. It's not quite the right metaphor, but... <laughs> If you put it out there, uh, you will draw authentically the people who are right for you. So you don't need to worry about making mistakes. Um, I think that that used to tangle me up, too, for a long time. I was sort of caught up in perfectionism because I had a long journey into self-love. And the real key is self-love. Mm. A leader who has that is unstoppable. It's like no matter what happens, what goes wrong, if you have self-love, uh, it always comes out right in the end. Um, I um, I read on your blog that you had this journey of kind of like, I don't know, you call it failure. I'm not sure if that's how you feel, mm -hmm. but um, of recovering 
from a failure and how that was really instrumental in you learning all this stuff, self-love and yes. uh, about yourself. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because people are so afraid of failing. I know. Really, I found as well, like it is the most incredible teacher and you learn so much about it and it, it does so much to release fear in our lives. So what do you, I mean, I know it's a huge topic, but anything you'd want to say about that? <laughs> well, I spent a lot of my younger life in regret because of my failures. And I believed in my failures in such a way that it just dragged me down. And really, what's a failure? I mean, ultimately, what is a failure? Uh, At this point in my life, I don't actually know because I view it very differently. Uh, But before that shift happened for me and before I learned to really love myself with who I am for all my goof ups, for all of my brilliance, (laughs) you know, and all the things that I messed up. So when I got to that point, I saw failure very differently. I now see it as a stepping stones for what got me here. If I hadn't have failed at that, I wouldn't have learned what I needed to learn. And maybe the failure was to say, uh, that's not the right door for you. Or sometimes the failure is to say, this is the right door, but there's another way. And, you know, so I almost think about it as failures help us narrow down all the branching possibilities into the place that tells us who we really are and why we're here. And now failures for me are just missteps that got me to who I am and what I am now. And when I look back on how I used to beat myself up, it's actually, I feel kind of sad about that because there was a lot of lost years of believing that I was defined by my failures. So now, once in another interview, somebody asked me, what has been your biggest failure? And I couldn't think of a thing. (laughs) I really couldn't. I tried hard. (laughs) So That's great. Yeah, Yeah, it's your perception, right? It's how you view it. And as you change how you view it, your past changes, right? So that's really a beautiful, beautiful example of how you really can change your past um, to suit you now. And you really relieved all of that emotion that was probably stuck with you as well. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a place of deep depression and despair because if you only focus on what didn't go right, wow. (laughs) You miss this whole other bandwidth, you know, of, of all the things that are going right that haven't been noticed. So I have pretty much shifted my attention um, to to that, and I hold the full spectrum. Um, now I just see a failure of, oops, let's try something else. <laughs> you know. So cool. Well, um, all right. So I'm going to drop some more of your mm-hmm. credentials here. So you are a you have a master's degree in counseling, mm-hmm. correct? You've also worked with Child Family Services. Mm-hmm. Um, you are an administrator or director of 
psychology for it was continuing education continuing education okay so you have a lot of experience also Mm -hmm. teaching about diversity yes um and I really wanted to ask you today about there's a lot going on that is dividing America right now and people are feeling really ostracized especially people Mm -hmm. of color people who are immigrants and um and people who are highly represented you know white people um are many of us feeling like we want to help? How can we help? How can we say to the world, like, not every white person is uh, wishing you harm or wishing you were not here? And we were talking earlier, and but the fact that, you know, we're all one, but not everyone is feeling like that right now. So with your background in teaching about this and also your spiritual background, what do you make of this and what is a way that we can all help the situation? It's funny. I was just remembering uh, a training I did with Arnie Mendel, who is an amazing psychologist uh, who he walks that boundary between uh, psychology and shamanism spirituality and spirit world (laughs) and uh, he has a concept called deep democracy and what he says in any particular group if there's no representation from that group that that's where the level of disturbance will come from and so he makes sure that in his groups, and he does a large group process of like hundreds of people on heavy issues like racism. For, and I was at one of his racism things. Uh, and if there is a voice in our collective field that is not being heard, that voice will become a, the, the group of disturbers. And right now, I think that's what we're seeing. Clearly, there were a lot of people who were feeling that they didn't have a voice. And they're the people who voted for Donald Trump. Um, That was a particular group who thought they didn't have a voice. Now, there are other people who felt they didn't have a voice and they voted for Hillary. So we have now a lot of people who feel they don't have a voice. And to practice a deep democracy, we have to make sure that everybody is being heard, even the people we don't want to hear from, (laughs) which is very much of a challenge because uh, I'm a liberal Democrat and there are certain people in the other sector that I don't agree with their values and I don't really want to hear from them, but look what that caused. Mm -hmm because they didn't feel that their voice was being heard. They didn't feel represented and they went into fear. And when people go into fear, especially when they feel their survival is being threatened, there's a lot of anger and acting out that comes comes up. So I think we're all going to have to start listening to each other, whether we like it or not, you know. They don't want to hear from us and we don't want to hear from them. But guess what? We have to resolve this by talking to each other because at a higher level, 
there really isn't a separation. This separation is very much something that's been made by human beings. We dug ourselves into it and we have to dig ourselves out of it. And one of the things that I think can help is that if you try to go into a situation with all your anger and all your bad feelings and of not being heard or whatever, feeling threatened, then that situation's not going to go so well because we're just going to have another mess to clean up. <laughs> you know, we already have a mess now. We have a divided country. So I have a meditation that I, I might as well just talk about my free offer now. Yeah, because, go for it. Yeah. Really the, the, this meditation that I teach is highly practical. It does help bring the different parts together and it's something that um, that anybody can do really if you can sit still for as long as 10 minutes you can probably do this <laughs> and it's called the violet flame use the violet flame for world um for uh healing what did i say <laughs> i have to think of what i call this now um this is what happens to prolific people who create a lot of stuff. I know, you know, I know. <laughs> we also have it on the show notes. Page. Yeah, for yeah. world change. That's what it was. Yeah, it's Use the Violet Flame for World Change. I, I tossed around different titles before I came up with that. But what it's about is the Violet Flame is a very, very powerful form of light that can help heal whatever negativity you bring to it. So if you have a lot of negative emotions, a lot of anger, fear, confusion, you go into this meditation, you experience the violet flame. I guide you into it so you don't have to know anything. And it is amazing to me that it something so simple can work. It's not a spiritual bypass. You actually are bringing up your feelings and saying, here they are. And then letting yourself stay in the violet flame. And then it begins to transmute the negative feelings into divine love, into divine abundance. And then you take the people that you're scared of and having problems with, and you bring them into the violet flame. And you let them experience the love and the forgiveness and all of those positive things that maybe the reason they were acting out is because they didn't feel love. They didn't feel forgiveness. And we all have to forgive each other, you know, for being different. I have to forgive the people who don't want what I want. And, I, you know, I have, we have to forgive each other for that. So I, you take whoever it is in the world stage that you're having problems with and put them in the violet flame, which is all about love, compassion, mercy, and transmuting of negative energies. And so actually you're helping the people that you don't like. <laughs> and because it's their divine self and your divine self, there are no, there's no free will here that's being breached. It's all about coming together and just connecting and it's in, the people who've been doing this with me have found it incredibly powerful it's something so simple and so easy and it does help 
Because if I feel that the people who are running the country that I'm scared about now, if I'm sending them love and forgiveness and mercy, that's a much better place for me to come from than, you know, the horror, anger, and shock I was feeling (laughs) after the election. Because then I can be a force for positive change instead of what I was feeling before which I have to say, it wasn't very spiritual. <laughs> so Right. I mean, there's this idea of, you know, not perpetuating the hate and the fear, right? right? Like we don't want to make our actions based on the things that we're trying to fight against because exactly that doesn't work. It's like <laughs> going like that. So your method of bringing everybody into love is perfect. Yes, love we're actually. not going to create more hate and drama. No. That's what got us into this mess, actually. And um, I I believe that love is the most powerful force in the world. And you can't force people to, to go there, but you can continually offer it and send it. And it does begin to break down walls. And it, it does begin to bring people together. It is the divine source that... You know, many people of all religions know about it, and they know that love is powerful. So this is a way for everybody to experience it in a positive way. So I'm pretty excited about this. (laughs) The violet flame is a big part of the spiritual work that I'm teaching now. And uh, it's just one piece. And so I, I haven't released my new program on my website yet. But stay tuned. Hopefully, within about the next 30 days, it should be up. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And in the meantime, everybody go and grab that meditation and Mm -hmm. start to give yourself some relief. Like if you're experiencing anxiety or worry or fear or you're just anger, go and help yourself. Like it's such an act of self-love to allow yourself to release that and to relax. A lot of us are afraid that if we relax, then we're not doing our job or we're not concerned enough or, you know, and that's just a fallacy. It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> People want to hold on to their anger so they can, you know, take action. But then the action you take just creates another mess. Um, you know, so <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, it reminds me of your drawing about there's action and divine love, and that's how you want to do it. Not, yes. Not the anger and the action. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's why Mother Teresa would never go to a, um, an anti-war rally. She said, invite me to a peace rally and I'll be there, you know, but not yeah. an anti-war rally. <laughs> so The only time I ever went to a quote-unquote protest was when there was uh, some action taken outside the FDA office and we made stone soup. So there wasn't a protest. There were no negative signs. It was a beautiful coming together. Everybody brought an ingredient (laughs) and literally on the streets of, um, it was in Maryland right outside of Mm -hmm. uh, DC at their office, we made stone soup and everybody got a bowl and we all ate it. And it was a, beautiful thing and there were breakout mm-hmm. sessions and education and that's my kind of yeah. you know because it is a positive thing so um yes, it is a positive thing i think like 
when was it? I don't remember the year in the 60s, the March on Washington, when Martin Luther King, who's one of my top heroes, gave his I Have a Dream speech. Um, there were 200,000 people there. It was a peaceful gathering, but they made a powerful show of force nonetheless to have that many people gathered for that purpose. And then that speech kind of got cooked out of Dr. King because <laughs> he wasn't even sure exactly what he was going to speak about. And then Mahalia Jackson said, tell them you have a dream. <laughs> and so he did. And the rest is history, really. Um, he didn't come to his, I really try to follow his teachings and the teachings of Gandhi because you can't, as Einstein said, you can't solve a problem from the state of mind that created the problem. So we have to go to the next higher rung and look at things from a different viewpoint in order to solve that problem. That's why bringing all the anger and the rage, which is the problem, to solve the problem isn't going to work. Um, that's why I was motivated to put up my violet flame um, a free call in the replay because of that. Because what do you do if you're full of rage? It, you can't pretend it's not there. You can't squash it. Um, but if there's a place to bring it constructively where it can be resolved, then that's let's do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what I mean by going to a higher level and finding a solution somewhere else. That's the whole reason we do intuitive art because you know, we don't want to go to the mind for answers because that's really where our problems are created. Yes. We don't have any <laughs> so we've got to go to the higher self. And yes. I use that quote all the time from Einstein. I think it's genius. Mm -hmm. And it's a good way to illustrate this kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, that's true. And he, of course, Einstein was a genius. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I always tell people to go into their imaginations, which I also love. Mm -hmm. You know, he knew that there were really no boundaries between reality and imagination. And, yes. And I just think I would love to interview him now and really allow him mm. to speak more openly about this because in his day, we didn't have conversations like this openly. Right. It wasn't understandable. We didn't have the same vocabulary and consciousness. Mm -hmm. So that would be really cool. It would be. Mm. Well, you do so much, and I want to thank you for inspiring us into this level of confidence and really self-leadership of taking care of our own anger and rage and anxiety and, and all of that. I guess the last thing I really want to put together is these people who are inspiring us, like Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi and Mother Teresa, they have that soul deep confidence or they wouldn't have been able to do what they did. Right. So I don't know. Do you have any comment on that? Like how mm. amazing is that? Well, it's interesting. My other top hero who I haven't mentioned yet is Nelson Mandela. Mm. And um, none of these people gave in to whatever anger they might have felt, they didn't give in. They found a way to rise above it. And they were very successful at Mandela at, for sure. Can you give us the like a quick version of Mandela's 
history. So people, because I think a lot of people, especially my age and younger, don't even know. Okay. Well, he was put in, in during the apartheid era of South Africa, um, he was part of the resistance to that. He played a big role. And then he was put in jail for 27 years. And during that time, a lot happened in South Africa. And he, I don't know what kept him going in 27 years, but I, I read his autobiography and there's a pictorial version of the autobiography. It's quite fascinating. And I, I really recommend it to anybody who cares about social justice because he was a changed man by the time he came out of prison. And during that time, there was this whole free Nelson Mandela um, movement going that spread all over the world. And people refused to invest in, in South Africa because of the apartheid. And uh, so there was just a lot of social justice issues being brought to the forefront, partially around the fact that this wonderful being who was a fighter for justice for his people was put in jail for 27 years. And that's a long time. So he, um, when he came out, he became, he was overwhelmingly elected president and he had very successfully negotiated with some of the white leaders, de Klerk was one of them, who was actually a fairly moderate, reasonable human being. So part of it was just what happened in history, and I can't quite encapsulate it all. <laughs> he came out of prison instead of being a bitter, angry man for all the loss of time that he spent. He spent that time in prison becoming the amazing person he became. So when he was elected as the first black leader in South Africa, he did an amazing job and he became this example to everybody of, look, this is what can happen. Now he could have been angry and bitter over his situation, but he yeah. used it to triumph over his own inner self and became a stronger, more powerful person. And I can't even imagine what his journey was like in that 27 year period. But even his guards, prison guards respected him. Um, so he's, the reason I mentioned him and Martin Luther King and Gandhi's, they are all people who worked against impossible odds on social justice made huge personal sacrifices and were successful ultimately. Now, things still are a mess. We still have problems in the world, you know. <laughs> there are still a lot of justice issues for people of color in this country. Um, but yet during that time frame, there were big strides made and we can continue to do that. They didn't give up. They didn't give in to hate. They didn't give in to anger, and they just kept going. And they were all very spiritually motivated people, every one of them. Um, they really dug deep for that spiritual connection that they knew they needed to have to keep them going during those tough times. And that's what I teach people, and that's what we all need now. <laughs> well said. Yeah. yeah.
<laughs> it's so true, you know, and, and if these people found it in themselves to keep going, we can all do the same thing in our own lives and, you know, and do what resonates for you. It's not that you need to go and find a topic to devote yourself to. You already have something and you already know, you know, at least are curious about the path that's for you. So, and people like, you know, Samaya can help you find that even deeper. Wow, what a great conversation. I'm so glad that we went to all those places. Me too. I didn't think we would be talking about any of these things. <laughs> I know, it's great. Well, that's yeah. what I love, you know, I said in the beginning is just you are so down to earth and you're this amazing bridge, right? Huge spiritual knowledge and wisdom and experience, but yet it really does make a difference day to day and it allows people and how they're feeling when they wake up in the morning, you know, so... That's that's the thing I really admire about you, and um, and it's also how I try to approach everything in my teaching and living. Yes, it's we're not just human, and then we choose to be spiritual. Sometimes it's kind of the other way around. So. It is the other way around. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, we are really spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we can start to tap into that, that's when we have real world change. And that's, that's my work in the world is I have incredible tools now to help people tap into that and have real life mastery instead of being struggling uh, with all the stuff that happens in the world and being sort of knocked down by it. Well, guess what? If you have the right tools, you can get up to fight another day (laughs) and to love another day. (laughs) Yeah, it's like when you stop seeing your circumstances as what determines how you feel and you determine how you feel and therefore you can deal with anything. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Okay, so everybody go grab that free recording off of her website. We've got the link for you below. And why don't you tell us your website and where we can find you in other platforms. And we'll also link all of that. But um, in case somebody's just listening on iTunes, where can they go to get you? Oh, okay. So my website is souldeepconfidence.com. And should I just give the link now? or sure. Yeah, okay. So the link for the replay is souldeepconfidence.com. It's all one word, no hyphens, dot com forward slash free dash call dash violet dash flame dash four dash world dash change dash now. So it's free call violet flame for world change now. And there's just hyphens in between each of those. That's probably an easier way to say it. Free call violet change for world change now. It's just. WordPress has hyphens. So, and I did notice it on your, if you go to souldeepconfidence.com, uh, you can find the call on that off of your homepage, right? I think I saw it there. Um, other uh, programs. Oh, actually, you know what? I will put it on my homepage in a more accessible way. Okay. Under programs is um, something else. It's a journey to the, Violet Flame Temple for Healing. Ah, well, another beautiful offering that you can have. (laughs) The one-on-one work that I do with people. Um, And so my Facebook page is 
shining your light all run together shining your light and when you get to the page it says let your light shine um but that url was taken so <laughs> it's the let your light shine page and actually um that's a simple thing you go the um link is on my facebook page there is an event on my facebook page for that free call and you can just click the link there and get the replay so that's probably easier to remember than all those dashes mm -hmm. facebook shining your light <laughs> awesome yeah and um i'm on linkedin and google plus um so yeah perfect well Thank you so much for helping us. I feel like you've given us so many resources and perspectives that we can use to feel better today and also to develop this kind of confidence that will allow us to really live our values and to um, be more whole in the world. I think one thing we can definitely learn from Donald Trump is that he doesn't hold back. He doesn't have a filter. <laughs> and I think if more light workers and light shiners and defined messengers would just relax and be more open I think the world would be a completely different place so let's yeah. this example and uh and just let the filter go <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah I've been known as the spiritual teacher with attitude <laughs> nice. I've been known to swear what can I say yeah I, I think <laughs> so yeah, I, I think we just have to be really authentically us. And sometimes that authenticity isn't an always perfectly cleaned up look, you know, but it, it's real. And um, I, I think that's the important part. I agree completely. Yeah. yeah, we're here to be real, right? Like you were saying before, we're not here to be perfect. There is no perfect. There is no perfect. And real doesn't mean being our worst self and coming out with the club to hurt somebody because that's no more real than acting all holy and above it all, you know. But the real authentic self is the self that actually is tapped into who you deeply are and wants to really invite everyone to the party. Yeah. <laughs> So we're not, yeah. So we're not squashing anyone's voice. That's the important part. Yeah, and, including uh, our own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. perfect. So, including our own. When it all comes together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. I would love to have you on again sometime. You've been incredible and really timely advice for everything. So thank you. You're welcome. I'd be honored to be on the show again. Okay. Thank you for inviting me so much. This has been fun. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, we will see you next week and um, go grab that meditation and relax. <laughs> All right. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching. If you're new to Intuitive Art and you've never done it with me, go to intuitiveartacademy.com for your free class. You'll learn how to have a conversation with your higher self in three easy steps. That's intuitiveartacademy.com. And if you're already a pro or you've done the free class and you want to learn more about creating abundance from your purpose, go to workyourpurpose.com and you'll watch a free video series all about what it takes to create a purposeful income from doing what you love. All right, enjoy and I will see you later. Bye-bye.